Welcome to the Better Than Rich Show with your hosts, Andrew Biggs and Mike Abramowitz. The Better Than Rich Show helps ambitious leaders who are on a mission to leave the world better than they found it, change their perspective on what's important, increase their income and impact, and systemize their life and business. If you've ever struggled with finding your purpose, have felt disconnected or distracted, or found yourself going through the motions, this show will remind you that what you do matters and will re-inspire you to chase your highest dreams. It's time for you to become better than rich. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Better Than Rich show. What's going on everyone? So excited to dive in today. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew Biggs. I'm here with Mike Abramowitz, my co-host. Mike, it says on your shirt that is the best day of your life. Is that a fact? What would you say? Every day, waking up, going to the gym, seeing the family, it's always the best day. <laughs> That's good. It's a good way of looking at it. And at the very least, it's the even if it weren't true, it'd be the proper way to live, right? It's like... If I were to just see today as the best day of my life, even if it weren't true, maybe I could make it the best day of my life. So, uh, well, cool, man. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited about today and and hanging out with you here for for a bit of time and, and jamming on relationships, which is our topic today. Uh, I think we have a few more weeks left in our contest to um, to write a review and get entered into a raffle. Uh, I know we got a great review here recently. So if you are, are still uh, hang, holding out and you haven't given us a review yet, make sure you go to iTunes, give us a, a rating, hopefully it's five stars, and give us a review. That really helps the algorithm and helps other people find us, like our person today, who I'm not really sure who they are, but they gave us a great review. Mike, what did they have to say? Yeah, this is, uh, it says five stars, great content. This is from Cami Bahama. So, uh, Cami, we appreciate the review. And, uh, so Cami says, love this podcast. The hosts, Andrew Biggs and Michael have a world of knowledge in the self-development space and do an excellent job of sharing this content in a way that can be conceptualized and action. Many podcasts in the space are very superficial and high level in their content and education with repetitive self-development buzzwords. This podcast is not that exclamation point, exclamation point. Biggs and Abramowitz gets the, to the root and meat of important topics to allow for further understanding, valuable takeaways and growth. Hmm. Thank you, well, Cammy. Thank you, Cammy. We appreciate you. And again, if you're listening, you haven't given us a review yet. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and again, our goal really is just to add as much value to you, uh, and to our community as possible. And I think today is no different. So, you know, we were jamming a little bit here ahead of the, uh, our going live here, Mike, but talking on relationships and maintaining a healthy relationships. I know it's a really broad topic. Maybe, uh, at a later date, we can do more specifics. Hey, here's some tips for marriage or here's tips for, you know, uh, a business relationship. Here's tips for parenting or something, but we really wanted to go a little broad strokes today, but you know, as a starting point, uh, maintaining healthy relationships. Why don't you kick us off and we'll we'll riff back and forth. But what's one of the biggest things that you found has helped you maintain healthy relationships in your life? Yeah. And, and, the, and the reason why it's a hot topic for me right now is because I'm coming off of a, a really cool experience with my dad and my hmm. siblings and my family and whatnot. And, and the intentionality, that's the first word that comes to mind is intentionality. Anytime you want to have meaningful, memorable experiences with loved ones, it starts with your intentions before it happens. So sometimes individuals will say, oh, I really want to just have a better marriage or I want to have uh, you know, a better uh, partnership with my business partner. I want to have a better relationship with my kids, but they don't necessarily know what better means. It's just like if someone says, I want more money or I want more time or I want more, more, more. It's like, well, you could get one extra dollar or five free extra minutes and that's more. 
it's like we want to get a little bit more clear of what better relationships mean. So being intentional with what better looks like uh, and, you know, the personal experience of what what just happened this past week is the, you know, what do you give an 81 year old man for his birthday? It's like he already has experienced a lot of life. It's like, what does he really want? So it's like the intentionality of just starting with that question. It's like, how can mm-hmm. I create a men- memorable and meaningful experience for my dad who's 81 years old and just starting that curiosity train of like giving gifts, you know, oftentimes we give gifts just because we're supposed to. It's like, oh, it's the Hallmark holiday. And, you know, I could jam on that and riff on that if you like. But, you know, it's like sometimes the pressures of I'm supposed to do blank because of blank. I don't know. It kind of takes away. It almost takes away from the relationship because it's adding more Hmm. pressure from society of like, oh, I got to show up this way to maintain that relationship that Mother's Day is coming up. So therefore I or Father's Day is coming up. Therefore, I right. So it hmm. adds pressure to the relationship, which which almost takes away from the genuine feel and, and vibe that we're trying to create. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is interesting because this will be coming out pretty much right before Mother's Day. So, you know, you mentioned creating memorable uh, and meaningful experiences uh, as opposed to what I would say most experiences are, are transactional or obligatory, right? So we want to move from like transactional and obligatory experiences. It's Mother's Day, so I got you the flowers and the chocolates or the card or the whatever, you know. Um, you know, and you know, Eli wrote a poem for you. Uh, he, he let him read it to you, um, so to speak. Um, and, and like, hey, let's all go out to lunch to Longhorn Steakhouse or whatever. <laughs> to like, you know, what does a meaningful and memorable you know, life-changing Mother's Day look like. And, you know, that's a tall order, don't get me wrong, but it it is just starting with the question of saying, what could I do? What might I do? How might I create a meaningful and memorable experience? Uh, And I know you did something really unique um, with your father for uh, for this experience. What was it that you all actually did? And and what's really funny is I wanted to do this experience just to do it, but his Mm -hmm. birthday's in May. And we actually did it a month before and I'm like, well, I guess I'll just call this a birthday gift because realistically, well, he lives, you know, several thousand miles away or something or, you know, hundreds at least. So might as well. Yeah. We'll just call it a birthday gift. But yeah. yeah, So, so what we landed on is I landed on about two months ago, um, to fly up to New Jersey to surprise my dad. And like, that was, all right, that's, that's, that was where I started. So it started, I'm going to fly up to New Jersey to see my dad. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are we going to do? In the past, we've done a bunch of really cool trips, father-son trips. We've gone to Maine. I took my dad to Italy and Switzerland. I took my dad. Uh, we did kayak trips down the Delaware River. We've gone to New York City to a little Italy. Um, so there's been a lot of really cool uh, adventures that I've done with my dad. And it's like, well, what, what do I want to do? What's unique? What's new? What can we do that we haven't done before or that we have done that we want to revisit? Hmm. So I started just kind of mind mapping a little bit. And I thought uh, it would be really cool for his five kids. So the cliff notes of the backstory is he has he has um, my myself I'm the youngest and my brother Barry who is 21 years older than me um, there was just the four his four kids but there was a fifth <laughs> Chucky who came into the picture if you follow my story at all uh, through DNA a DNA match on um, uh, <coughs> wow so ancestry.com which is really interesting so hmm. this this guy chucky my dad i guess had an oops when he was like 18 years old so wow. we we found out that you know he he his whole life he hasn't he didn't know who his dad was how's that going like how, did they get along do you all get along yeah, or it's, going, yeah it's going good yeah. he you know he's 
uh, semi-retired, but helps mm -hmm. my dad a little bit with his plumbing business. He, he'll be, I think he just turned mm -hmm. 61. Uh, so my dad, wow. I guess had the, when he was about 19 and, um, yeah, so that's, uh, it's, it's interesting, but it's cool just to kind of have, um, this new brother, my, my sister Liz calls him new brother, <laughs> new brother, great. Chucky. Uh, so it, it, we've never had even the four of us, nevertheless, the new Chucky brother, the five of us in one roof with my dad. So my dad has never been under one roof with just his five mm -hmm. kids. Now, We've had parties, we've had weddings with the whole family, but this intimate setting. So I was like, all right, let's see if we could coordinate this. So I reached out to each of the siblings, created a a, a private what a private texting group, kind of mm -hmm. like what I would do with uh, my business, and uh, created a whole like uh, agenda. Found mm -hmm. an Airbnb, threw out some ideas. This is what we're going to do: no siblings, no kids, no significant others, no one else is allowed mm -hmm. to come. It's just us, uh, just the five kids and and dad. And it was really beautiful. And it was a lot of the fun was just leading up to it, just connecting with my siblings and, you know, keeping it a surprise the whole time and hmm. what we're going to do and how is this going to unfold. And But it was really nice. And then the the when we got there, I'm sitting at the kitchen table with my dad. We went grocery shopping. And then one sibling, Liz, comes through. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? And then, then, and then Barry comes through. <laughs> Barry, you're here. And then Audrey comes in. Oh, Audrey. And then Chucky comes in. He's like, oh, Chucky. It's like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? That's it, was, great. it was a really cool, unique experience. We had a lot of fun. We cooked. We kayaked. We fished. We, we, we watched stand-up comedy. We just had a great experience that was memorable, and everyone had a good time. So I know it's, <laughs> it's obviously um, just recent and it just happened, but the idea happened about two months ago, just thinking, what can I do to make a memorable and meaningful experience for dad? And it came from that topic and that curiosity. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard. It's hard to come up with answers of that. But starting with that intentionality, starting with the curiosity, sometimes, you know, you, you'll be surprised of what could show up. Right. I spent, you know, I, I love that. And I, I think, you know, this is really good to maintain healthy relationships. There's also a question of, you know, what if, maybe a relationship hasn't been as good lately, right? Or it's uh, maybe you and your, your significant other uh, aren't, 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 you know, communicating properly and there's some resentment or there's some challenges there, or maybe it's, maybe it is you and your mom or you and your dad and this mother's day and this father's day, it's going to be a little awkward. Right. Uh, and so one, one concept, you know, for me that comes up around uh, relationships is just this concept of, of, conflict resolution. And it's so simple, but it's so important that we understand how to actually manage conflict. And uh, I think if we're going to all be honest here, uh, listening here, and, and I think, Mike, you would agree with me that there's been times where we've managed that conflict really well. And there's been times where that conflict has been managed really poorly. And, you know, when I think about good conflict resolution, what does that look like? You know, a few tips that I'll just, you know, kind of extend um, is, you know, A, making sure that you're really searching yourself to find out, am I truly taking responsibility for whatever my piece of the equation is, right? Have I actually taken responsibility for how I'm contributing to the problem? And that's like, that's one of the hardest things you could ever do is do a moral inventory and ask yourself, how have I actually contributed to this problem? And does my partner or does this person, my business partner, whoever you're in conflict with, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a, a spouse, whoever you're in conflict with, do they have some points, right? Have I actually examined 
myself enough to say, you know what, at least in this area or that area, you're correct. So that's one thing I would say uh, on conflict resolution. And then another thing on conflict resolution is when the discussion is taking place, it's really easy for us to get defensive. And so we have to ask ourselves, you know, what, what can I do to stay present in this moment? What can I do to not allow myself to be triggered such that it actually turns into some volatile, a volatile situation as opposed to a situation where, you know, we're actually resolving the conflict, which is the point of the discussion in the first place, right? Because nobody wants conflict and your partner doesn't want conflict, your business partner, your spouse, your kid, whomever it is that you have conflict with, they don't want conflict. And if they do, they, you shouldn't be in relationship with them. You should really examine that. So uh, ask yourself, have I actually taken full responsibility for my side of the, of the street, so to speak? Uh, are there some valid points in, you know, whatever the, the other person is bringing to me? And then ask yourself, how can I remain calm and, and allow them to share their experience of what it's been like to be in relationship with me uh, without getting triggered? Uh, even if I feel like some parts of what they're saying maybe are unfair or are, you know, indefensible or whatnot. So uh, because part of this creating a memorable and meaningful experience is like, you know, I can imagine some people, uh, some, you know, I'll just think about like some coaching clients of mine who maybe would try to create a memorable and meaningful experience for their spouse this Mother's Day uh, and, and try to do something really cool. But then it might actually be met with skepticism. It's like, what are you trying to pull here? You know, like, what, like, uh, you're you're trying to be nice and sweet and uh, plan a a really meaningful, memorable experience for me. I don't trust you enough to accept this offer. And so, you know, I just bring up conflict resolution as a as another really important piece uh, to the equation. But uh, I'll kick it to you, Mike. What's coming up for you? It's, it's true. It's interesting because it's like, especially if the relationship isn't where um, it's it's not foundationally strong or sound. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like going to give a gift or you're going to create this mm -hmm. memorable experience. And they're like, you know, what's the catch? You know, like you're mm -hmm. just buttering me up for something. And I, I brought this up to, actually to my dad. There, was, It took about two years because my dad, I, I might have mentioned this in a previous episode, he is so accustomed to people calling him and asking him for something. Mm -hmm. Hey, I need you to help me with this job. Hey, I need help with plumbing. Hey, can you lend me some money? Hey, I need help. Can you help? So there was a period of time uh, in my mid-20s where it was like, uh, every time I called them, it's like, what do you want? What do you want or what do you need? <laughs> and it's like, I just want to say hi. Like, I, I just want to say hi. And it wasn't that my relationship was constantly asking for stuff, but it's like he was just constantly wired of people asking him for stuff just due to his line of work. And, and you know, frankly, some people asking him for things. So it took intentionality, again, coming back to that word, of for a while to not ask for anything and just say, no, I just wanted to check in to see how you're doing. So if you, to, to your question or to your point of like, you have a client who might say, I'm going to try to create this meaningful experience. It's not just one. It's a repetition consistently. So in order for my dad to have a paradigm shift of like, I'm not calling to ask you for anything. It took many 60 to 90 second phone calls. I call them the random call of awesome where it's like, Hey dad, it's Mike. I just wanted to call you and tell you, I appreciate you. Uh, I love you. And one of the things you taught me was this, hmm. um, that's it. I, I just want to let you know that I got to go. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. And there was like a series of those 60 to 90 second quick hitting, um, you know, intentional stump speeches, if you will, to like, make sure I can ha help dad have a paradigm shift that literally you raised me well enough to where I don't need anything else from you mm. except your love. 
I just want you to reciprocate love. That's it. Um, so to, to the question or to the point of how do you make this Mother's Day very meaningful and memorable, maybe this is a launching pad or a ramp towards fostering a continued relationship with uh, with your significant other or with your parent or with mm-hmm. uh, with that person. It's not it's not a wham, bam, let me do this big thing for you. It's let me start building this beautiful bridge uh, to, to kind of bridge that gap from where we are to where we want to go. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I've learned, and, and maybe we can link to this in the uh, in the show notes, but there's this concept of bids, and a bid is, um, you know, one of these things where they they've studied these relationships uh, where if you know, it's just to find out what makes a successful relationship, right? And you may have heard like the five to one ratio. Um, that's a that's a really good study where basically you need five positive interactions for every negative one. Um, but there's there's an even more telling idea, and this is the concept of bids. And so a bid is any time that basically, you know, uh, somebody is vying for your attention, um, how do you respond? And so a bid might be, um, you know, you are uh, sitting at the kitchen table, eating your breakfast, you're reading the news or something like that. You're not really talking to your significant other and they look out the window and they say, Oh, look, it's a beautiful, you know, Cardinal, you know, spring is coming. Like, like, take a look at it. How you respond in that moment after the bid is basically offered up, uh, are you going to take the bid or not? Is is largely going to determine the health of your relationship. <laughs> it sounds dumb because it's like seems like a meaning a meaningless trivial interaction, right? But you know, do you put your phone down or you know close your laptop and say, "Oh my gosh, that is a cardinal. Oh my gosh, that's really beautiful." And like you know, that's really cool, you know, and and step outside and take a look at it with them or do something like that, or. Do you say, oh, I'm super busy right now. Why are you bothering me? You know, like who cares about the stupid Cardinal? Like, yeah, the Cardinals come all the time, of course. Right. <laughs> and so we, we basically dismiss the bid. Um, and then of course, you know, how, how does that, how does that feel? And we've all, um, probably done both of those. We've also been the person bidding for the person's detention and experienced both of those. And those bids are a telltale sign of how you're, how you're, you know, your relationship is going to unfold. Uh, and then think about that in a context for business. Think about that in the context of, of, you know, parenting or anything like that. You know, quite frankly, it can sometimes be a little exhausting, but if somebody's going to take the time to text me or send me a WhatsApp message or send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook or something like that, even if it takes me 24, 48 hours or something like that, I'm going to get back to them because they're, they've taken the time to write to me. They've taken the time to engage. And what kind of person would I be if I just didn't, you know, if I ignored it and ignored their bid or, you know, responded with some sort of, yeah, cool. Thanks. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what comes up for you on that concept there, but, um, well, just something the immediate, interesting. The immediate thought was when you said, what kind of person would I be if I avoided it or didn't respond? Well, you'd probably be a person who's dealing with your own personal stuff, uh, that is, sure. that, that really needs to kind of process whatever, whatever those, I will call them insecurities, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, if somebody has their own insecurities, let's say using your example of like, uh, you know, someone says, well, look at that bird. And your insecurity is like, gosh, I am just so distracted with things right now. I'm just like constantly flustered. I'm constantly go, go, go. And this person over here is talking about a damn bird. Don't you know how busy we are right now? Or shouldn't we worry about other things? So we're so projecting this insecurity of like, am I enough? Mm-hmm. Projecting this insecurity of like, am I doing enough? Am I being enough? Am I 
you know, whatever it might be, where this person over here is courageous enough to like enjoy the the go with the flow. So now I'm triggered by, based upon your lens of the world is not matching my lens of the world because uh, of what I just mentioned. So now I'm going to project that onto you either by mm-hmm. judging you, avoiding, you know, being a stickler, being, you know, uh, irrational, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so u- ultimately, if we're going to have healthy, maintain healthy relationships with other people, we got to have a healthy relationship with ourselves because if not, we're going to be projecting our own shit onto other people consistently. And that's where a lot of that tension in the relationship comes. I like what you said earlier, where it's like, how have I contributed to the problem? How have I contributed to the problem means that there's some level of ownership uh, and partnership between every relationship you have. It's not always hmm. them. <laughs> it's not always there being a you know what. In fact, if you ever hear someone say, oh, he's being such a dick or she's being such a bitch, it's like, or vice versa. Oftentimes, there's there's probably a better word to describe that than that. That there's probably a drop down menu of words such as he's being such a dick might be he's he's projecting his own he's projecting his fear of failure onto us. Wow, he must be really scared, right? Or like she's being a bitch. She, mm-hmm. you know, gosh, she must be really tired. She must be really fatigued. She must be really drained. She must be. Really, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of different words that we could use to describe mm-hmm. uh, the person. Uh, if we again are just a little bit more curious, a little bit more empathetic, but that's got to start with us not casting so much judgment on our own insecurities and, and honoring mm-hmm. ourselves as well. Right, and that I mean that goes back to one of my favorite quotes. It's you know you've probably seen it at some point, but um, you know, be gentle with people because everybody's fighting a, a, a secret battle you know nothing about. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if it's be gentle or what the exact quote is, but give people the benefit of the doubt. But basically the concept is, you know, everybody has this, this battle that they're, they're fighting that really, really, we know nothing about, uh, you know, um, I have my struggles. You have your, your unique struggles too. Um, and everybody listening has their own unique struggles and everybody in your workplace has their own unique struggles. Everybody in your household has their own unique struggles. Uh, and so if we can just be uh, really curious, right, about what those might be, and again, like, how can we just uh, assume a charitable position as a starting point, like our, our default to be actually uh, filled with grace, you know, like it's, it's, it's a classic word, um, but not enough people really live uh, a grace-filled life these days, right? Um you know, even every opinion you hear on the internet, you know, like, can you just give grace to that person that you disagree with? Uh, such a, such an important concept. So, um, and yeah, what's going on for you? Interesting, it's also interesting when, when, uh, I know Pricey just mentioned something in the comments, but like when you're in a relationship that maybe is a little toxic, it's sometimes people would rather stay with familiar. It's like the devil that I know versus the devil that I don't. And it's like, I'd rather stay within familiar and be argumentative with the familiar than dance with the unknown. Mm-hmm. And, and and I know you and I have had several conversations around that as well, Biggs. But what what um I don't know if you want to bring up Prezi's comment or yeah, I'll add it here. Shows up, but I, I just think the this idea that people sometimes find rapport through argument. Why why do you think that is? I know I know I have my take, but it's like you see people stay in the abusive relationships. You see people, you know. Um, would rather stay content and be in this, you know, be in this connection as Pressy put it. What, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, and again, here's Pressy's comment. I got pulled up on the screen as well. If people have conflict consistently, it's not always the case that they are upset at you. It could be a sign that they want connection and only uh, the only way that you may uh, or they may get that essentially is what I'm reading. Uh, receive that connection in the past through argument. Uh, they would rather have some sort of emotion stirring within the relationship than for it to be boring and feeling unheard. Uh, I think this is especially true for people. Thank you, Presti, by the way, uh, you know, longtime listener and commenter. Um, one thing I would say is um, I think this is especially true for people who experience, you know, uncertain and traumatic uh, you know, experiences, especially in childhood, uh, where they're playing this out. And it's like, you almost need a little spice, you know, in, uh, in the relationship. And sometimes the only way to get it is to, uh, is to cause an argument. Uh, and, you know, it's like, it's a familiar sort of place for people to go. Um, and, you know, when there's, when everything is calm and peaceful, they actually feel, you know, super anxious. Uh, and so, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing if you're in a relationship with someone like that. Let's let's start with if you're in a relationship with someone like that, how can you actually be willing to hold space for that person and not get triggered because basically it's kind of like the bully at school who like bullies you. Really what they're trying to do is get a rise out of you. They're trying to get under your skin, right? Well, I got really good. Uh, it wasn't like I was like the most popular kid in school. I also wasn't the the least popular. I was kind of in the middle. And because I think probably because I was good at letting things go off my, my shoulders. And so it's like, if the bully comes to you and it's like trying to pick on you, it's like, yeah, whatever, man, whatever you, whatever you say, they're going to go away, right? Because they're going to try to find a weaker target um, than you. And I think oftentimes that's the, if you aren't reacting to this person's anger, at the very least, they'll displace it into something else, which is probably better. Maybe they'll find someone else to be mad at. Um, and, uh, but even better answer would be to try to, if you can actually skillfully point out this blind spot of always needing conflict, I think that'd be a really good thing. And then if you're this person, you got to work on your anxiety, you know, um, and, and learn how to overcome your trauma and say, okay, I, I don't want to live in this pattern. I constantly am creating conflict basically for no reason, right? Um, I got to find the one thing, right? Uh, you know, that, that's going to, you know, even though this person has gone above and beyond in so many things, I'm still going to be nitpicky about the one thing that they didn't do right, uh, just so I can get, have that conflict and get familiar with that familiar feeling. So those are my concepts that came up for me, Mike. Anything uh it, It's funny. As soon as I wrote down a word, you said it. So it's like, Yeah, what was what was it? Like will it, wanting to stay with the familiar uh, was one mm -hmm. of the things I wrote down. I yeah. really like the idea of the responsibility. That was another thing that I, I wrote down here because who's responsible? Like somebody might say, am I responsible for my partner's happiness? Is it my responsibility to make sure that my partner's happy? And my response to that is, I'm, it's not my responsibility to make them hmm. happy. It's my responsibility to create the environment for happiness to exist. Those are two different things. I can't impose your hmm. happiness onto you. Only you can figure out and, and, and discover that. But it's my responsibility to hold space using Andrew's word or creating an environment where happiness can exist. So what that means is if person A is triggered or uh, projecting insecurities or is fearful and person B is like the receiving end of these insecurities, this trigger, this argumentative person. Well, then person B is their job is not to untrigger the person, but it's just to create an, an environment where the triggers can 
like they can let their mask down, they can let their guard down. Mm. And, and I, you know, we could, we could workshop and, and, you know, go through of what something like that could look like. I mean, it's probably a little bit longer of a conversation than just this podcast episode, but the, the concept is definitely there where can you hold space? And, and if you want to speak to that, or I can, like, what does that actually mean to create an environment or hold space for your significant other or for your partner mm. for, um, you know, uh, for, for some of these emotions to be felt and seen and heard and understood so they don't have to feel scared or, or insecure or triggered? Uh, I mean, one thing that comes to mind right away is presence. Um, and so, you know, what is space really? It's it's really just like amplifying your presence. So when people say, what, like, can you hold space for something, you know? And by the way, some of these concepts get hijacked by people who really don't know, you know, anything about anything, uh, <laughs> like the other people that were in uh, Cami Bahamas, uh, you know, uh, reviewed <laughs> earlier in the episode. Um, so sometimes these words get loaded uh, and and have this like semantic overload. It's called where they, you know, they mean so much they really mean nothing. Um, my interpretation, though, just to bring it back to like a practical definition, is amplifying my presence you know, amplifying the amount of presence and, and, um, and how do I do that? I mean, what, one of the biggest things is like, how can I actually actively shut off my mind, you know, and, and really have a place where there's no thoughts, like the thoughts are taking up the space, you know? So in order for me to hold space for you, like, I gotta get, I gotta like create a vacuum in my own mind, um, so that my presence can be amplified. And, you know, a lot of times people, a, don't know how to do that. So you need to practice meditation or prayer or something, right, to ground you um, so that in those moments you can do that. I think taking some deep breaths is another really good thing you can do. And it's really just like staying with the sensations in your body and making sure that you're breathing into any tension and then releasing it. Um you know, again, some of this might sound a little out there and woo-woo, but I can tell you from experience that the proof is in the pudding. When you actually do these things, when you actually, like when we're on our retreats, Mike, right? And it's intense and people are really going deep with themselves and we take the time to actually hold the space and not dismiss what they're feeling. Um, transformation happens. So you can transform a partner by simply bringing more presence and space into it. Uh, what comes up for you? Yeah. And that means you're willing to do the work. And Andrew, you obviously coached me for, for many years. And that was one thing that you did an excellent job with me on is, is what you said is, is vacuuming your own thoughts out of your mind. So that way you're not bringing your own lens of the world into my world. You're able to empathize, truly empathize with my lens of the world whether it be when I'm mustering up the courage to enter into the commitment uh, with with marriage. I was re-listening to one of our former podcast episodes and, and I was listening to that. I was like, oh my gosh, I remember those conversations where it's like mm-hmm. 2016 before I proposed to Lindsay. It was like, gosh, um, this commitment thing is kind of scary, you know? Uh, and and for you to be able to just enter my lens of, of what it means for commitment or my lens of, of fear around business goals that we weren't able to do, or my lens around, you know, shit, when, when our stillbirth mm. happened, like mm. you even, you, you were like, listen, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what it's like and what you're going through, but I'm, um, but I'm really, I'm here to go through it with you. And mm. just having that, that partnership and that friendship and that brotherhood and, and you, you not 
saying, I empathize or I understand what you're feeling because one time I had this. It's like, mm. no, it's none of that bullshit. Like it was just, yeah, this this is hard. This is really hard. This is something that it's it's hard for you. And I'm I'm gonna be here right with you and going through the hard with you. And maybe we can figure some things out together. Maybe maybe not, but I just want you to know I'm here. And those were the words. But you probably said different words, but that was what I received through your coaching and through that mentorship. So uh, I, I'm really glad that you brought up this whole idea of semantics and people using words and language in the personal growth space that they don't even know what the fuck it means. Like they haven't mm-hmm. done the work. They haven't they haven't really truly uh, mastered or demonstrated what you're talking about here. And I'm, I'm I'm on the receiving end of what you're talking about here for years. And uh, you, you know it's 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 beautiful for you to bring that into this, into this conversation, because a lot of people need to know, um, the power of, of how to, how to do what you did so methodically with me, like how to vacuum those thoughts, how to hold that space, how to create that environment for someone who's going through a traumatic experience that, um, and you, you, you know, you were, you were that for me. So I don't want to, I don't, I, I want to make sure that people aren't listening to what you just said and thinking it's foo-foo or just fluffy stuff because it was so relevant and so powerful for me at those certain points, uh, during that, during those valleys that I was in. Mm. So that's well, what immediately. No, I mean, that's beautiful, man. Thanks. Thanks for that. And thanks for the reminders. And, um, you know, just some some practical things uh, as as we start to head for the exits here today. If you're looking to understand how to do that better, some resources I would definitely look at are like Eckhart Tolle. If you haven't never read him, um, you can look. I, I really like Brene Brown on empathy. If you haven't watched her TED Talk or or looked at her her work, it's really incredible stuff. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Muji. Okay, M O O J I. He might he might. Uh, you know, rock your world a little bit. Some of this is like radical stuff. Okay. It's out there. But, um, if you, if you dive into it and give it a try, you can look at somatic meditation, particularly, uh, the people over at Dharma ocean. I like, uh, and Reggie Ray and his work, uh, which is like super weird. And it's like lay on the ground and it's like very specific position and like breathe into your pinky toe and then like release all the pain in your pinky toe. And I'm like, where's my pinky? You know, like it's weird. Like, but it's it, <laughs> what's really good about it is like you actually learn to have like most people don't even have awareness inside their body is like they don't know how they feel like everything is mental. And so when you can get out of your head and use like all the signs and signals and um, it's like other information that's available. Like when I feel like a pain in my stomach, well, of course, if you're hungry or something, you feel pain in your stomach, it's information. You're getting that through the hippocampus, but there's other information that we can get that, you know, is just like a gut feeling or it's like, it's our limbic system. It's our unconscious mind telling us this is a good idea. Go in this direction or that direction or ask this question or don't ask that question. And it's not always logical, right? It's not rational. It's not the prefrontal cortex that's that's really speaking there. It's something deeper and more intuitive. So this has been a lot of fun. We covered a lot of ground there, uh, some, somewhat on relationships, somewhat on other things. Uh, any other ideas, man, uh, before we leave uh, for the day? Uh, I had in my notes, and we, we've jammed on this before, but just to bring it back into this conversation mm-hmm. is just is knowing the five love languages or the appreciation language sure. for the for the important people in your life so you can meet them where they're at. 
So if you have a partner for this Mother's Day or Father's Day or you know a family member, you, it's important for you to know how they receive love, not necessarily how you want them to receive your love, right? So meeting them where they are, uh, you know, you might have uh, you might have a partner who likes gifts, awesome. But if you have a partner who really loves words, then you might want to bring that into mm-hmm. into their life. It doesn't matter what you're good at; it's what how they're going to receive love. So if if acts of service or time or words or gifts or touch, those are the things that you want to be mindful of. Uh, during you know during Mother's Day, during Father's Day, or just during you know any any time of the year where you want to make sure that other people know that you care about them, you love them, that you want to have a meaningful you know memorable experience with them, you want to make sure that the relationship is thriving and and healthy. Meeting them where they're at using these tools um, is would be my my final two cents. Absolutely, great reminder. My wife is asked to service, so there's nothing sexier to her than me uh, doing the laundry and cooking dinner. Uh, so that's that's what I have to look forward to for Mother's Day here. Uh, but hey, this is this has been a pleasure, man. As always, uh, everyone listening, we so appreciate you. Thanks for spending the time with us here uh, today, and I hope you enjoyed this show. And remember, until next week, to leave today better than you found it. We'll see you later. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at better than underscore rich and join our Facebook group at the better than rich show. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time. And remember, leave today better than you found it.